0: Sussex Squad, Sussex Squad Nation, I hope you guys are feeling really well and you are enjoying the beautiful weather and happy Memorial of the Weekend. What a glorious day. I don't know, I don't know you what, you, what you're talking
1: about because you're saying glorious weather, but look at you with all these layers on. Why are, are you so cold It is for? so
0: cold in here. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. It's really, I mean, it's a warm you're like outside, three months but behind really, schedule cold in here so and i'm cold because i have not gotten any sleep i was actually traveling so um that's what's
2: going on so how are you charles uh not bad not bad it was as you mentioned before it was an absolutely glorious day outside so had a chance to do a little bit of yard work so that's always good uh definitely a little tired uh but that's good because it just means that we've been productive so just uh moving running you know, making it happen. So it's wonderful.
0: All good. The flowers look absolutely beautiful. So let me say that. Um, charles, Josh. <laughs> wow. Well,
1: okay.
0: charles been long. You know, it was three <laughs> o'clock in the morning. I was still traveling. Didn't make it until four in the morning. So it's like now just get ready and prepared for a podcast, so I'm tired. How are you, Josh?
1: I'm doing well. I am um, grateful, as always, for another week, another day above ground, another bit of time to spend doing things that matter with people that matter. Um, but I think to sum it up more precisely in terms of how I'm feeling at this particular moment, as some people may guess from my voice, uh, is actually from a joke that uh, Charles found just earlier today.
2: Do tell. What's the joke? Yeah. So the joke was is actually pretty funny. I found it online. So what they had is basically it was a little Pikachu, and he was in bed in a hospital bed, and he says that survived COVID, but pollen is taking me out.
1: <laughs> okay. So right now I'm the the allergies are are in, but outside of that I'm I'm wonderful. And you, besides being cold and tired, <laughs> what what else is going on? Are you good? Are you how how are things? um
0: good a bit um down for many reasons um we lost one of our queen you guys know that but i did have a chance to spend some time with my mom and so that was really wonderful i get to see her and you know spend uh, many nights being in the same bed and chatting and talking and just really enjoy um, my moment with her just I can't get enough of my mom I really adore that woman I love her so God bless me to be able not just to have a mother like her but to be able to spend time with her um so yeah that was special and get to see my sister and my niece and so it was all good and I'm back now and here I am so Charles um talk to me so what has been going on in the sussex squad sussex squad world the sussex and so um i'm sure we have um church and Alley report what is church and Alley have
2: to report it this week so what's happening so sure so for our famous report um there's a couple uh, two sad elements I will say. The first is that, uh, as I mentioned a couple times now, that there was a uh, an, an older lady, she was 81 years old. her name was Helen Holland uh, from Essex, and unfortunately, she was struck by a police motorcycle who was escorting Sophie, the, D- the Duchess of Edinburgh, and she passed away. Wow, so that, I don't know what was happening, but they were they must have been cruising because she was in a coma. She suffered multiple cuts and abrasions as well as multiple broken bones um, and had irreversible brain damage. So, wow. I mean, they really must have really popped this lady. So I feel so bad for her. So
1: that's what is
2: terrible. What is being reported and, you know, just try to keep, um, you know,
0: checking on what's going on. But it seems like there's not that many things that we um, report on it. And the fact that, you know, um, the royals are running left and right. It seems like it's the running of the bulls. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the bulls. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you know how they, the bulls they run and swing. So it seems like the royals are everywhere. But right at this time, you would think that, you know, at least after an accident like that, you would have been chill out. But I'm not reading anything on it at all beside that, you know, um one of the family members saying that you know it wasn't um whoever what is what, what's her name?
2: Helen. Helen Holland. No, no, not the lady oh, the that de- died. Sophie. That's just
0: Soph Sophie is not her foot. But what I'm thinking and what we all thinking that you know what there's there's this allegedly we think that you know there is some money, you know, in the background just to keep these people Quiet, not to say anything, but you know, I'm not so sure what is going on. I mean, I mean, I, I, is, is grandma is in danger? I mean, you know, are they killing grandmas now? What is happening? Yeah, it's why there's always something. It's happening. Is like, is our grandmothers safe on the street with the oils? And I'm just asking a question because for whatever the reason, the seniors who supposedly the you know, their support system, they're constantly getting hate by someone from the royal family. If it's not, you know, the, the the late um Philip you know, it's 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 this woman now and I'm sure before there's a few more. So what is going on? Is is grandma safe?
2: Yeah, I think uh I think the our older generation should basically stay off the streets and sidewalks if they see a uh, Royal motorcade coming. That's Oh my for sure.
0: goodness. It, it, it is insane. I mean, I feel like our grandmothers, great grandmothers are just not safe on the street with the royals. <laughs> if that's the way it's going. So what is going on in the report?
2: So uh, the next one is that um, as we all know, Prince Harry actually loses the legal bid to pay for police protection while in the UK. So I'm reading from a CNN expert here. So Prince Harry has lost a legal challenge seeking the right to pay for police protection while in the UK. London's high court ruled on Tuesday in a series of lawsuits that the Duke of Sussex um, is pursuing in the country. The Duke was challenging the decision to withdraw his police protection after he stepped down as a working royal. The judge, Mr. Justice Chamberlain, on Tuesday denied a legal bid by the uh, by the Duke to review the decision not to allow him to pay for police protection out of his own funds. The important kind of cliffhanger here um, is a separate legal effort to review the original decision to strip him of taxpayer-funded protection is still ongoing. Mm-hmm. But Indeed. is it
0: did he lose? But did he lose? Yeah. But really
2: did he, he actually lose?
0: And in my opinion, that was really a brilliant, brilliant strategy and part of the Sussexes' legal team. I'm not a legal expert by no mean, but I think that, you know, um, looking things around and speak with people that knows a little bit more than I do. And having that kind of understanding, and that's very clear to me, that was the good way to go. Because I know, and I think most of us knew, there was a possibility that he was not going to win that. Because it would have been very difficult, you know, from for the court to allow that to happen for many reasons. It would be been a problem for the royals. It would be been a problem for even the politicians. And so, but at the same token, what that does is it opened the door now for Harry to get his protection from the English people, the taxpayers' people, or from his dad. Maybe he should pay for it. Because at the end of the day, he is the son of a king. And he deserves and need to be protected like everybody else. And from what I understand, if I'm right, I don't know. Like the queen consult turned to queen children's. If they are getting protection, if Harry's uncle getting protection, now the royals will have to answer why can Harry be protected? And I think, you know, as you can see today, maybe we should play this clip, why he needs to be protected. And everybody get that because when you looked at This man over the week that made the comment that you know what, why should the British people pay for Harry security? I know some of the Sussex squad didn't quite understand, and thought that you know he was being you know malicious and he was being you know sort of disingenuous by putting something out there. But the reason why he put that because they all of them clearly understand. That is the next move, and that is a move that they're not going to be able to get away from by not protecting the son of the king and his family. That who is in danger, and that also serves his country, because now if you don't want him to be protected, then you have to explain why Why Andrew is getting protection. You will have to answer why is that You know, the politician after leaving office are getting protection. There's so many questions you will have to answer. Because, again, let me repeat again, this is the son of the king. So, if you're going to protect, if I'm right, if it's what been reported is right, the children of the so-called queen, consul queen, why not Harry and his family? And I thought it was a brilliant thing because now you can go back and say that, you know, why don't he pay for himself, you know, as they were disgusting in one of the shows over the week. I think we should let people see how disingenuous these people can be. And when they are playing those reports, it's like, in on one hand, they are saying, yes, why, you know, he needs the, the, the security, but at the same token and say, well, you know, he should pay for it. But that's exactly what he's trying to do. Let's listen to this. Yesterday, Prince Harry sought approval from the High Court for a second legal challenge against the Home Office over his security arrangements when he's in the UK. Duke of Sussex wants to be able to pay for protective security privately when he and his family are in the UK. Uh, Lawyers for the Home Office argued that it was not appropriate for wealthy people to be able to buy specialist armed police protective security and warns it sets a dangerous
1: precedent for other wealthy individuals. Key word is armed, I think, isn't it? I'm not sure... That those with enough money who feel like they need the protection, and he probably does, can buy in random freelancers who Guns for with, hire. with yes. a gun. I mean, I just don't. In, in mean, Britain, I'm not sure that should be allowed.
3: Not really. what we want, yeah. yeah do we? Yeah. We don't want the richest people in society to have their own little armies and armed vigilante groups, even if they do need excellent protection. But I mean, That was a terrible idea. He has. It? He
0: has. Uh, Clearly, and obviously, everybody knows, if you step
1: back. Yeah. But yeah. he's still of royal blood. There is still a risk there. Isn't he entitled to some sort of I think he. I think um, some form of protection is going to be needed for him, whether that comes out of his pocket or, or the state's pocket... It's a very, very difficult one, because he has sort of left the royal family, hasn't he, really? He's left as a but working royal. But, but, you know,
3: he's, he's an unbelievably wealthy man by anybody's mm. standards sure. at all, by mm. any standards on this earth. He is one of the top, 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 you know, infinite percentage of a percentage point of people in terms of affluence. Obviously, he's quite right to consider safety for himself and security mm-hmm. for his family. That makes a lot of sense. He's one of the most prominently recognisable people on earth. Pay for it yourself. And, 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 and don't recruit from the British police force. That's not right.
0: So here we go. You see, like it's all depends on who's listening, what, what time you're listening because if you hear this woman talking about well he's he's a very rich man and able to you know, he should be able to pay, why should the British pay for it? Then you're probably like, Yeah, you know, you're rich, what can you pay? But the reality that's exactly what he was trying to do. Do you understand what I'm saying?
1: Honestly, I'm I'm completely flabbergasted that this is even happening in the first place because to me the, the decision to remove it i still can't i can't fathom it i can't understand it at all because remove it, the idea that somehow he's stepping back from a, a, a capacity in terms of officially representing the crown in 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 public engagements somehow that changing his nature as to your point the son of the king doesn't make any sense <laughs> and if you're going to remove his security if that if that suddenly somehow disqualifies him from being who he is then it brings into my mind anyway, the question of, okay, well, if that's the case, then how do you guys defend your own legitimacy, your own credibility as these so-called royals that deserve these positions and to get any taxpayer money at all? Absolutely, but in my opinion, the reason why I think they did that,
0: it was a tactic, it was a scared move, not thinking what was to come for the Sussexes, how brilliant their strategies was going to be and how great they were going to have it and how successful they was. So by removing their securities, by making them feel unsafe, then they will probably would have no choice to just well back in. They didn't know what Harry was cooking. They didn't know that you know what they were going to make it, whether or not they was gonna be even be able to make it. And in my opinion, I think that's what was behind it. It was a scare tactic. To make sure that, you know, they could scare them, especially when you have a young children, when young kid at the time, Archie was barely, I think, six or eight months old. I don't know.
2: Sure. So first of all, I completely agree with you. I definitely think that it was a scare tactic by them at the very beginning in order to make them kind of, you know, go back into the, into the the royal fold. But anyway now that's now that's done Uh, the next thing is actually very very nice Um, apparently Twitter was out and I know that uh, Baron had actually tweeted this as well but there is some very sweet speaking uh, Russian women uh, who are clearly devoted fans of Meghan and Harry and they decided to actually share in photos uh, their support of the Sussexes um, after the paparazzi ridiculousness that happened last week uh, and then all of the the bashing and the hate against uh, Harry and Meghan so I just thought it was really really nice Um, they went on Twitter and they had a whole bunch of Russian girls holding up signs and it was very it was very sweet so um, we'll show you a quick picture of that just because it's really sweet Uh, and then
0: I I can tell you and that is what going to be really a problem for the royals because the Sussex squads are growing they're going everywhere the support for Meghan and Harry it's growing everywhere around the world and it's not just now we have Russia, we have Italia, we have um Spain, we have I mean, it's everywhere in Europe. People are saying wait a minute, what is going on here? And want to put their support behind Megan and Harry. So we are growing, whether you are a square or you are just a supporter of Harry and Megan, but the coalition it's 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 growing. Mm-hmm. rapidly and it's fair to say the news media who have been listening we know they have been listening to us but i believe at the moment they are listening in a very different way i think they are getting cues i from us the sussex squads, and i think they are starting to recognize that you know the power that Sussex Squad have, and um, the type of people that is in the Sussex Squad. And I think that, you know, the game is changing, and we are changing the game, and it's all for the good, and we're doing it in style, with love.
2: Yep, that's great um and then the next piece of news is actually fantastic uh you remember that each week i've been bringing back to you uh what's been going on with kaboom
0: yeah yeah
2: and then what actually has been happening because there was evolved but basically had this terrible school shooting and then the sussex squad actually came in because there was actually a need for uh kids uh, a safe place for kids to play um around disadvantaged communities in that area And so there was kind of a GoFundMe on Kaboom in order to kind of help uh, pay for one of these playgrounds. And the original goal was $20,000. And then now, as it currently stands, um, due to the entirely the support of the Sussex Squad, uh, it is now over $86,000.
0: Wow. Wow. And I believe it's it's probably going to get higher because I believe that this goes on all the way to June 4th uh, for Lily's um, birthday. That's coming up very, very, very soon. Yep. Wow, yep. that is wonderful. I believe there's, there's a nice, beautiful message. Yeah, I think we should listen to it. I think it was yeah, wonderful. Yeah, the
2: CEO of Kaboom actually came out with a really nice message, so we'll play oh. that now. Hi, I'm
0: Lisa Ratliff.
3: I'm the CEO of Kaboom. We are a national nonprofit that is on a mission to end place-based inequity for good. And I just wanted to send out a very heartfelt thanks to the Sussex Squad. You have captured our hearts and blown us away by how your community has mobilized around the world for our kids. You have raised collectively over $80,000 this month, and we just couldn't be more grateful for you and all that you do just to put your hearts into action and to support organizations like us who are living and breathing change for our kids and our future generation. Thank you so much for being part of our mission.
2: Yeah, so what else? (laughs) Yep. It's a lot of news. It is a lot of news this week. And then finally, unfortunately, um, a sadder tone is that Tina Turner passed on Wednesday. So she was indeed the queen um, of just generally. She was just amazing. Uh, broke so many barriers. Uh, she passed on Wednesday night at 83 years old. Uh, there was a statement by her publicist, um, Bernard Dorty, and what he actually said is that Tina Turner, the queen of rock and roll, has died peacefully today at the age of 83 after a long illness in her home in Zurich. With her, the world loses a music legend and a role model.
0: Yes, she was indeed. Um, I'm only sad for one Thing. It's just this idea that, you know, this person is no longer there, no more. Um, but I celebrate her life. I celebrate who she was, not just as a woman, as an icon. As someone that, you know, I will say many of us look for strength on who she was and I have many wonderful, incredible story about that woman. Um, not gonna share this at the moment, but I celebrate her and I think, um, her legends, her, um, influence will live on, on many of us for a very very long time and especially pride Mary who whenever that come on I mean who doesn't dance Pride Mary it's wonderful I think we should pay tribute to this wonderful legend may she rest and power love you Tina forever love you love you Auntie Tina You're obviously a role model for me, but you are a role model for the world. Because I remember when I was interviewing in 2008, you and Cher in Las Vegas. Yes. And we started talking about aging. Yes. And you were so Ugh. profoundly eloquent. How do you feel, though, about getting older? I have to say that I welcome it with open arms because... My my senior life is so much better than when I was young. I awesome. am the, the wisdom, the way I think, um, my attitude towards things. It really, there is a change when you're still healthy and you still look good. Yeah. So your whole outlook changes on everything. And you're really happy. You don't mind being 68. The number, number doesn't mean a thing.
3: It just doesn't. It doesn't mean a thing.
0: You have no regretting of it? Not of death, not of any of that. No. All of that is, I've done it. You say loudly and proudly that you're 73? Yes. Yes. But I am at a stage where... Oprah, you can get emotional when you start to talk about that, to be able to get to this stage and say, even when it's time to leave and go to another planet? Yeah. Excited about that, because I'm curious. Yeah. I (laughs) want
3: to know what's... What is it about?
0: <laughs> you know, nobody can tell you. Yeah. Because nobody has come back to. So I'm I'm not excited about to die, but I don't I don't regret it when it's time for me. Cause I've I've done what I came here to do. Yeah. Now it's pleasure. I've got great friends. I have a great man in my life. Now I have a great husband, and I'm happy. Wow. It's, it's those legs, those legs, those legs, those legs. She was known for her legs and she have in fact had a commercial, I believe was for hands and um, those incredible legs, it just, wow. And, and the fact is, is that this is a woman that I inspire to be hopefully at 63 when I reach that, if God willing and God bless me to make to be be able to be with it like that and be able to perform like a full two hours you know sort of show you know like two hours and i believe she was 63 can you believe this when she like doing her rock and roll concert which was absolutely incredible wow what a legend so Should we move
1: to comment? Are we done with the report?
2: Yep. We are are all finished. So let's go
1: to comments. Lovely. Well, I will say we have actually, we have to say a big thank you again to all of our members. Um, You all mean so much to us and we still have a hard time believing it, um, but it really is, uh, it is so appreciated. And a special thank you to our newest members, Black Pearl, and marvel walker thank you so much for supporting us black pearl wow and in terms of comments across the board we had excellent comments um that we all i know all of us we were jumping up and down as we got them and, and read them last week and we're like we need to read that one we need to write that one that, that ones but unfortunately we can't read them all <laughs> but we oh, do hold have on.
0: Hold on! i mean because you are just now talking about supporters and then you just jump into something I didn't get a chance to actually say thank you thank you guys. <laughs> I mean I was waiting for you but thank you so much for your support it means so much to us um, we really enjoy what we're doing now and giving that you know we unable to get any um, support from please help me here
1: monetization
0: Exactly. Because we, music is a huge part of the show. It's a part of the story. And it tells the story in a way that sometimes I can't even articulate. So, and because of that, we are unable to have
2: monetization.
0: Oh my God, I I can barely speak. But anyway, you guys understand what I'm saying. So thank you so much for the support. Hopefully we'll be able to do some really wonderful thing moving forward. Um, So... Go ahead.
1: Exactly. That is. is I couldn't have said it better. And like I was saying before, we we all of us when we were seeing the comments come in uh, after last week's service, we were just um, enjoying them so much because they're truly wonderful and they really highlight how great a community this is. And and um, unfortunately, don't have the time to read all of them, but I do have a few uh, actually for today. Um, that um, are, are worth the extra attention to, to revisit and, and highlight. And actually, this first one's a good segue, will be a good segue to one of our words today. It's from Travel Chamo, or Chamo, who said, Thank you, Lady Sussex, George, and Charles. Today's service brought me calm. To God be the glory in his wisdom and almighty power. He is revealing to us the force we are dealing with. Let there be no illusions. I love the following quote from myangelo. We may encounter many defeats, but we must not be defeated. That, in fact, it may be necessary to encounter defeat. So we can know who the hell we are, what we can overcome, what makes us stumble and fall, and somehow miraculously rise and go on. I know that a diamond is the result of extreme pressure.
0: Wow, beautiful. Well said.
1: It is. Um, our second comment is from Leverth August. Uh, who was uh, responding to the the chase specifically. And, and she wrote, Doria's head down indicated to me that she was praying. Megan's look indicated to me that she was going to hold her head high to show that she was going to be bigger than what was dr- trying to be created for her and show she was not going to show defeat, just as we have seen her do many times before while in negative situations in the UK. And Harry, with his camera, was showing courage to confront their attackers in like manner and spirit in spite of fear. They were all, in my opinion, demonstrating Mark Twain's words, which were, courage is resistance to fear, mastery of fear, not the absence of fear. Wow. I saw courage under fire in that picture in the cab.
0: Interesting.
1: And Maddie B. Hi, Maddie B. Thank you so much for this comment (laughs) also. Uh, She wrote to us, yes, name it and claim it. To God be the glory. Such a beautiful service. A huge thank you to all three of you, dear children of God. As the tabloid media continues to weaponize propaganda against the Sussexes and their supporters, we must combat misinformation with truth. When a king, a king, fears the tabloids to the point where he gives away his power and allows them to to manipulate the minds of a nation, it shows who really has the power. Feckless Charles is a puppet for the devil. Did not Satan tempt Jesus with all the kingdoms of the world if he would turn his back on his heavenly father and follow him, the devil? Jesus basically replied eat my dust by Felicia. Misinformation is a strategy that works. It's designed to incite a response, outrage, hate, fear, and bring about death, whether it be the death of the body, mind, or spirit. It is the favorite tool of the devil, his trademark, the lie. We must combat lies with truth. God tells us that our sword is the word of God. I have a sword. I named it truth. I use it to slay them with the word of God. Amen.
0: Wow, wonderful. I mean, I just love the comments because you know, the thing is about this show here, um, you guys all the, the Sussex words I'm talking about, are the fourth member of this podcast. It's just kind of it's, they are the other co hosts, right? And they help us when you listen to their comments, they you know what they bring, and it, it's just wonderful, it just makes it much more um interesting and better you know
1: uh, honestly the, with some of the comments we get like yeah, we don't even need to do anything else We're just, absolutely well they are the co-hosts as well too so and yeah and the last one that i'll read is is uh is another is another long one but it's wonderful and it's from ruth rd again actually it's two weeks in a row i think um she wrote act one closes with the build-up to the condemnation the churlish scene in the golden carriage, the late arrival of the tiara of fake flowers, the triumphant smiles of the third person in the king's first marriage, waving from Buckingham's balcony. But the dominant public topic is the soldier prince who wore a morning suit instead of pretend garb of a military statesman. Preamble to Act two the youngest son of the king experiences a situation similar to that which his mother died under this is important because after the many twists and turns of the long 40 years first act the young son is estranged from his father this estrangement is due to many factors uppermost is the role of the tabloid media and the mistress queen the situation involves cars photographers flashing cameras relentless chase police read the autobiography spare to get a feel for what the king's youngest son must have been feeling the pressure of the situation must have been triggering to the prince but it certainly triggered many emotions in those who support his stance Was this a signal to American policing on its ability to protect the prince? Has the prince struck fear in the perpetrators because of his court suits? Where are the principal players from Act 1? Quiet! Are they trying to wash blood, figuratively, off their hands from 30 years ago? Eyes are opened. Fear for the spare is real, but fear of the spare is also evident, and his destruction now seems to be the goal. Targeting Megan exposed societal weaknesses in the system and thinking they could get rid of her without affecting the spare has now created unforeseen complications. Is this the end of the con? Service is universal. Wow, absolutely. That's it. That's it. It's everything there's a lot week. that we.
0: <laughs> there's a lot in there, and hopefully, we probably will have to come back to it again. But I believe there is one last one. We usually will do three. But there's one particularly comment that I feel you know, call to actually say something about it. Would you mind read it for me? Yes, I can read.
1: Uh, it's, uh, it's, one, it's one final comment. It's um, It reads, for starters, wish they'd been wearing their seatbelts. On the other hand, I think we do somewhat a disservice by constantly invoking Harry's mental health issues. Most of us have mental challenges of some extent, but Harry is smart and brave, not dysfunctional. I understand what's being said, but I just but I just believe such comments should be used guardedly or it would be used against him by his foes. Uh, well,
0: I see what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. And, and I know where that's coming from. It's coming from a place of love and care. But this is what I will say. I'm not a psychotherapist. I'm not a psychiatrist by no means, but I'm also someone... That who have had my shared difficulty, you know, um, with mental health. And it's probably one of the things that I come to be proud of my generation, the fact that, you know, we are able to have a conversation and talk about our mental health. And I think in the reason why that is important, because from what I understand speaking with my Aunt, uncle, and 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 older folks that I get a chance to talk to, even um, people um, a little bit older than me, it's still a taboo. It's still not something people really comfortable talk about because they feel like you know they were being put in a in, in a box of you know not being well somehow. They dress. I guess so many word crazy or something like that. They they're not gonna be able to do their job. They're not gonna and and we don't see it that way. At least my generation or I don't see it that way. I think, you know, mental health until we able to have conversation. Like we said we going to a doctor because we have a headache and it's okay. It's not a big deal. The fact that you know what she's saying, right? That they will use it. Well, that's the point. That's the reason why we're talking. We want to take the power. And I think Harry himself have done an incredible job talking about mental health issues. And he talks about his own mental health all the time. He even a part of a, you know, sort of a big organization that deal with mental health, which means he's going to continue at all time, talk about it. It's not a secret and it should not be a secret, you know? And the thing is, I think the work that Harry is doing and many other people that is don't mind to talk about the mental health issues is incredible. And in fact, I've seen it, um, you know, with a lot of musicians, a lot of actors and actresses that would do talk about mental health issues. Because I remember my trip to Hollywood at some point when I got there. I was confronted with very unexpected, huge mental issues drama. Now, this is stars. This is people that, you know, sort of you, you see on the big screen that just kind of like... Wow, brilliant! And and you look up to, and you're like, "What do you mean you have mental health issues?" Like I didn't understand. Too young to actually really understand what 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 are you talking about? Like I didn't get it. Do you understand what I mean? And so and to see that you know how afraid many of these people were to now how people are able to talk about it and the fact that just recently Harry and Meghan both went to a, a youth center, I believe, to have that conversation. They want to have the conversation with people my generation. We want to have that conversation because I think it's a very important that is the only way we're going to remove the power. Because if we don't, it's going to go back into the box and we're all going to be judged because somehow that you know we're not feeling well. If the mind is not well... Then how you you how you able to support your body? I understand that everybody experiences mental health challenges very different. Your problem is not my problem. My problem is not your problem. We all have, you know, those these challenges that cause us at time not feeling well and overwhelmed. And so for me, it's something that I want to advocate. And this is what I'm so proud to be a supporter of Prince Harry, because he's not afraid to talk about these challenges and that doesn't make him a weak. And we cannot, you know, what these people are going to do, this is what they're going to do. I'm not going to get my cue from what these people are saying. They always going to say what they have to say. And the point is, we have other people that are listening to us that say, well, if she can do it, if she can talk about it, or if he can talk about it, then maybe I can talk about it. And that is the point. So, well, I understand where you're coming from and I love your comment. Please keep it coming. You know, I enjoy that. I enjoy that kind of conversation, but I'm not going to stop, you know, sort of talk about mental health issue, because I think it's a huge part in our, especially our culture, that we're really afraid and scared. It's part of all the helps. I mean, we're still losing people due to mental health challenges. And until this is no longer a thing that we are able to go for help, just like we go for checkup and and, and, and deal with whatever situation that we may dealing with. Until that happened, then I will not stop. And I know, I know Harry would not stop. And I think he will want us to highlight that there's nothing to be fear of. Because many of these people that who are making these kind of foul comments are themselves have mental issues that maybe perhaps they should deal with. So that's all I would say. But thank you for your comment. Love you. And please keep them coming. We're not fighting by no means. I enjoy that debate, and we can agree to disagree. It's yes, fine. the foul comments we, we are, are referring to
1: is someone else, not not this comment. Just to be clear, fight because you just said the, those foul comments. You were talking about other comments not this woman. Oh no 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 I'm,
0: I'm talking about the the people that always
1: the haters the, the haters yeah exactly and I, I i would i think there's i think you summed it up perfectly i would just echo everything you said i think it's honestly one of the reasons why i am so uh much a support as much a supporter as i am of harry and Meghan, is because of how impactful their work is in using their role in their um place on the world stage to actually normalize talking about mental health because it is one of the things that can have the do the greatest good for the most number of people um, just to be able to make that more accessible and less taboo
0: yeah because there's place around the world people experience mental health issues that they don't know that's what it is they don't even have a name for it and so now that we are able to reach people many places many corner of the world and if they can find someone maybe not me that they can identify can say oh a prince a princess oh maybe i'm not strange maybe i'm not horrible maybe i'm not you know sort of and i've seen things i may be young but i get a great opportunity to travel the world and be a part of certain organization that do wonderful things and so i've seen what is going out there and i can tell you that you know um Mental health, many times, it's a huge part of a lot of the issues that many of these people that have encountered the problem. And that sometimes cause you, the person that was there, to experience because through that pain, the trauma that you are watching and seeing cause you, your mental health, you know, to be questioned. And so, no, I am not going to stop talking about it. So... Um, should we get the service
1: started? <laughs> I think, we, we've we put so much of the service before even starting the service, yes. But before we go, as a reminder to everyone and to ourselves especially, um, we are not experts. We don't know everything and we're certainly not trying to convince anyone that we are or to convince anyone to change their beliefs. But we do believe ourselves uh, that stopping and pausing and thinking critically uh, about what's being said the narrative that's being told the words that's being used the ones that are not being used all of those things to really think about them uh, makes a difference and is, is a crucial step in getting to a place of understanding that, from which we can make the world a better place and so that's why we're here Amen, let's get the service started
0: Don't
3: be afraid We are society Built on love Built on challenge Built on love, each other, acceptance. Give them love. Give them love. Don't matter what you look like. Don't matter what you believe. But just believe in love. I'm talking to Philly. I'm talking to London. I'm talking to DC, and we're always be together. And we're gonna always give love. And we want you in as long as
0: you bring love. You. So, Sussex Squad, Sussex Squad Nation. Charles and George, we are going to continue looking at what is currently happening through the eyes of what they often tell us that the royals are doing and who the royals are. It's theater. Everything is happening is theater. And we try to have an understanding. What does that mean? So we're back at it but in a very different angle. So I have chosen three words for you guys this week. The first one is caliseum, illusion, prestige. So Charles, what is the definition and what is a caliseum?
2: Sure. So the Colosseum was actually first, first used as a word in 1660. And it's actually from the medieval Latin of Colosseum from the same spelling. Uh, and that actually was derived from the Middle Ages uh, for what was the great outdoor arena in ancient Rome, which everyone's familiar with. So the first definition of that is actually exactly that. It is actually the amphitheater built in Rome in the first century AD. It is literally, the structure defined the word. Uh, and then from that, actually, they changed the spelling just slightly. And what that is is basically a large sports stadium or building designed to be like a coliseum, the Roman Coliseum, for public entertainment. Mm-hmm. So it literally just coined the phrase, quite literally. So as want to do that uh, it, lately is that to give some context, what I thought would be nice actually is a bit of a... Um, uh, some background on actually the amphitheater in Rome. It's uh, classically called the Flavian Amphitheater and the giant amphitheater built in Rome under the Flavian emperors. Uh, the construction of the Colosseum was begun somewhere between 70 and 72 BC during the reign of uh, Vesapian and is located just east of the Palatine Hill mm-hmm. on the grounds of what was Nero's golden house. So there was actually an artificial lake that Nero made. And it was the centerpiece of the palace, uh, and it was actually drained. And the Colosseum was actually cited there. And the decision was actually very symbolic. Uh, if you're not familiar with Roman ancient Roman history, Nero was not a great guy; was not a great emperor, and was assassinated uh, for being just basically terrible at everything. Uh, And as such, basically what he came from is that Nero was very much for himself. Um, He basically um, raided all of Rome's treasury. He built an entire city practically just devoted to him. Um, And part of this was actually a lake that he constructed and almost uh, bled Rome dry for their treasury because he was just so – you know he was just so greedy just in terms of what he wanted for himself so in order to do that what actually they churned is that the the next emperor after him actually decided to build the coliseum drain the lake and actually the Colosseum was for the people Interesting. so it was just the way symbolically about how they actually turned what was the roman narrows and actually turned it back into a public amphitheater uh for tens of thousands of romans so there was just a lot of symbology there which is actually very interesting
0: Isn't that interesting? Because right now, one can say that, you know, they are draining the British people out of their resources, out of everything, in my opinion, Um, left people starving and heatless. Well, we have all these expenses that we're constantly hearing all the time, but yet people cannot feed themselves nurses were supposed to be treating us and taking care of us unable to to do that because they cannot feed their own family for so many of them and it's it's almost in some weird way history repeating itself in some I don't know what to
2: say. so yeah go what, ahead. well there's a famous saying that says that history doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes and um, I think this is a pretty good example of that. Absolutely. Sure. And then just uh, finally, just in terms of just the, 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 late, the last little bit of history here, the structure was officially dedicated in 50 uh, I'm sorry 80 uh, BC by Titus uh, in a ceremony that actually included a hundred days of games. Mm. so and the reason why this building was just so special, is that unlike earlier amphitheaters, which was basically just dug out of convenient hillsides that offered that extra support, the Colosseum is the first freestanding structure of stone and concrete um, that was actually made for human entertainment.
0: Wow. Many people don't know that. There is one very almost, if not a replica
2: of it in France as well too.
0: Go ahead. Mm -hmm.
2: No, that is basically the background of the Colosseum. Okay,
1: go ahead it's uh George. it's you know it's uh I think you articulated the and and probably even better than than this guy the one of the the people that I had been looking into in terms of just tying it back to what's going on right now and what you were just describing of what's happening in society and the echoes of history and the the title of one of the articles was the Coliseum A political tool. And they, the author goes into everything that Charles just went through about the placement of it. The fact that it was giving the land back to the people, uh, and, and really, um, what it served as what it meant to do. Um, and the thing that I think explains that best is actually, um, from a, from another article, it's titled the ideology of the arena by Eric Gunderson from the classical antiquity journal. Um, and he goes. He he writes quite quite at length about it. But just to take a few of the points out, he writes that um, there's few discussions of this topic of the Roman arena uh, that occur that fail to include this famous tag from uh, Juvenal's tenth satire. <clears throat> and Ju- Juvenal is a famous satirist, and he's actually an important read for everyone trying to to really look at the what's happening in Western civilization today. But anyway, the tenth satire uh, goes. Paraphrase as follows. Uh, but what of the Roman mob? They shed their sense of responsibility long ago when they lost their votes and their bribes. The mob that used to grant power, high office, the legions, everything, curtails its desires and reveals its anxiety for two things only. Bread and circuses. Wow. And the thing is, that's exactly what the amphitheater it's what, exactly what the Colosseum was meant to do that's that that it was its role as a, as a political tool was to be able to um, control the masses through that provision of bread and circuses that entertainment that distraction from what actually matters and I think that's he, he, he elaborates quite well in this journal there's two two ideas that st- stood out of me is that it is a crucial uh, structure physically but also idea concept uh, in how the political elite moralize and maintain, uh, social roles and the actual hierarchy that exists within society. It is a, it is a a fundamental tool to being able to preserve that status quo. Um, and the second idea is that the games themselves, I think is, is an interesting thing to think about. They were a product of a fallen Rome. They those games the, the the coliseum itself effectively supplanted the more noble uh, pursuits of uh, the republic that came before it, which I think is an interesting idea, especially maybe a particularly concerning one when we look at comparisons to what we see today.
0: What was the specific
1: games? What was what were the games that were being played there? That is a, It is a. Um, that is the right question to ask, and it also is going to bring up one other thing that honestly shocked and hurt me um, reading it. I know I shared it with you all uh, last week, but at the end of the day, what it was, it was blood. It was bloodlust. It was taking slaves themselves and having them kill each other for the entertainment of the masses. Um, and it speaks to some of the worst parts of human nature uh, in and of itself, but it also is important to not lose sight of that. To your, to your point in raising the question of what really, at the end of the day, was it? The, the games that took place? Because that dark part of human nature st- stills is there. It it's, can be and is frequently tapped into or tried to be tapped into by uh, many political leaders. And it made me think of actually one of the tweets that I saw. Excuse me. One of the tweets that we saw uh, last week following the, the chase. And it's this picture of a, of Diana and the, and the person wrote, um, Harry and Meghan alleging a near catastrophic paparazzi car chase in New York city, which I don't believe is even possible in the city. But then the, the really horrifying part that is, is scary to think about as, as it relates to what it speaks uh, volumes about for us as society today is that she ends it by saying, but did you die? the, uh, what's the, the morbid curiosity almost the fact that the, the actual car crash or the fact that someone would be dying, that's what makes it legitimate or important or newsworthy that, the, 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 that it's not believed unless there was something, someone actually got hurt. It just kind of goes back to that, uh, idea of what we care about. What, what makes people move is the actual, pain and and suffering and violence.
0: But is it fair to say, or even ask the question, this is something that's still with us, that's still the Coliseum entertainment stays with us throughout different generation. During slavery, I think one will say was very similar, right? that you know you will have you know probably where the word picnic come from um what used to happen? people will looked at you know certain executions if that's the proper word that I'm able to say on YouTube of as an entitlement right the idea that you know you put dogs on people you put sort of you know um, i mean in the 60s in everything that was going on you know to people of color and you can the same thing in germany there is a lot that have happened to different generation india all these different places and yet people say nothing or accepting it almost as an entitlement. Is it because that mentality is still with us? Because right now, the idea is, is that, you know, you can have a prince that is serve his country as wonderful and as amazing that he the amazing work that he has done and continue doing. And people are okay for him, in some ways, in my opinion, to get hurt and not calling out. I don't care how you may feel about him, his ethic or whatever it is that you may feel about Prince Harry. The idea that you will not want the person that will pretty much stand for freedom, the freedom that you know you enjoy, and you are okay to ask the question, why should we pay for your security but what is we ask you why should we protect you we go in the battlefield knowing that you know what everything that our troops the sacrifices that they made for freedom I don't think they have the question or they ever ask the question why should we go and protect our country and protect you So, I mean, is it something that's in us that still stay with us and how we, many of us are okay for people to be like, unless there's a kill or there is sort of an end, we're not satisfied. It's almost like we are looking for what you call very often people say red meat, even the phrase of red meat. It's like, you know, we want red meat. We want like, we want the killing. So is that is that what's with us, that mentality from the Caliseum ages?
2: Well, I think um, a large part of it would also be the way in which it dehumanizes people and desensitizes people. Because the reason why they use slaves, obviously, is because they can, they're disposable, but also because no one has any kind of attachment to it. And so... And I think the same thing can be said for what was happening in, you know, through all the civil rights, no matter kind of almost which class or country you go to, it's the same thing is that you, they have to, they have to eliminate your humanity in order to do the things that they do. And which is why it can become this spectacle is because, okay, well, look, it's, it's it's not that it could ever happen to you. It's happening to the others. And so I think that's, um, one of the worst hallmarks of the whole thing is because they don't even deny you, you know, the right to live in the first place. They deny your 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 entire existence of what you're about. And to your point, and that and that in and of itself kind of lifts up the audience, and which I think is, you know, why they think it's entertainment is because okay, well look, we're not them. We're others, we're outside of that, we're better than them. Um, and this is and, and that's what has been played throughout the centuries. Is this idea about how you can basically relegate others to um, a lower degree in order to boost yourself in order to feel better about yourself? And I think that's that happens a lot through what these things happen.
0: When you think of just a minute, George, when you think of what they do into the duches, you know, sort of Megan, and you you see day and day out the literally crucified this woman. It they they constantly at her try to take something away from her, try to push her to the end. But that is presenting to us as a form of so-called entitlement, right? That's what these people... Suppo- that's supposedly the, what, what tabloid is supposed to be. This weird, dark entertainment world that was, doesn't really care who is affecting. The fact is this woman is a mother, that Harry is a father, that no matter what this woman, every day she has to wake up and figure out what did she do today? What did the tabloid tell her today? And how they push people, how they incite people. Do you understand what I mean? It's kind of like, it's that mentality that's sick. You know mentality that I don't really quite understand, which is why I wanted to look at the word colosseum. Where is that mentality?
1: Well, I think I think from? it's. I think the the both of you are are exactly right and on and on point with it. And I think the question is the right one. I think that's I love the choice of the word and, and why why you brought this because I think your last questions highlight exactly the point: is that it is part of it is just that there is parts of human nature that can be tapped into for malicious ends. And we're, we're at the end of the day, we're humans. We're not perfect that we can be, we can every, every day, every moment of a choice to be either good or to do evil. And you can lean, there's a whole spectrum of how you, how you actually go about doing that. And there's this reality that we can be as human beings, uh, one over, by the sport the red meat that you're, that you're just mentioning what that death, the violence, that there is a certain a- attraction to it as just as human in, as a from, as a part of human nature. And I think this actually brings up the importance of the Colosseum specifically, the one that built in Rome built to house 50,000 people, the biggest of its time to be able to do that. Because what that really was is the fact that it was a political tool is to get that many people to be in the same moment partaking in that same ritual of watching that to be able to use that as a sort of bomb to their uh, unease or discontentment politically socially to be able to maintain control that urge or that na- part of human nature hasn't gone away since the time of rome and what's how ha- it what has happened is that there's no longer a need for a physical structure Modern media eliminates the need to get people physically in the same space for them to be experiencing the same thing, the same uh, ritual, that same uh, attack on humanity. Now, with the way that modern technology and media works, the entire world, this is what we said uh, in, in, in that uh, show, the entire world's a stage. The entire world is, is the Colosseum. It's connected through modern media, and it is something to watch out for of those who are trying to use, to turn the world into that modern coliseum through those channels. Because I think the author put it perfectly, that, that that urge, that focus on that particular ritual and what that is, it is a something that supplants more noble pursuits.
0: That is incredible. I really would love to see what you, Sussex Squad, think about this word colosseum and how should we view, um, you know, sort of, it just, I feel like, Harry and Meghan are becoming the um, the gladiator. You know, it's like, I remember, you know, one of the scenes from Gladiator where, um, you know, Russell Crowe say, are you not a titan? <laughs> you know, something like that. I, I, I guess. Got, I right? Yes. good, good Russell Crowe yeah. impression. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it, it, it was, I mean, even in that instinct that he asked that question, it's because in a way, he felt like it was wrong, but he had to fight for his life, right? It's that mentality where we constantly, all of us feel that, you know, we're constantly fighting for our life? The fact that Harry has to fight just to have security, just to have, like, you know, some respect. And you looked at, you know, Megan who's done absolutely nothing. The woman, in so many ways, is you not know, perfect. He's a sort of model to that institution, but yet, it's been putting in a place almost like she have to defend herself. She needs to be 50% of herself. She needs to constantly, you know, getting been knocked on. And uh, it's that fight. And hopefully, if she's strong enough, she'll survive it. Because many people don't survive it.
1: Uh, honestly, that, that is a perfect example because the parallels with that movie, with this story that we're discussing right now, extends even to what you were saying at the beginning of the service. That in it's, in its use as a political tool, frequently the, the, the slaves were given, here's your script, you're going to die in this particular way to re- recreate this historical battle which makes us look good. That was, that was what they did. And as you said before, when they took away their security in the first place, they had in their mind that this was the script that they were going to follow. Oh, they're going to get scared and they're going to come back. That's right. And they didn't expect that Harry and Meghan were going to do – exactly what Russell Crowe did in the movie, which was, oh, you think the battle ends this way? No, it doesn't end this way. I'm going to change it. I'm not going to recreate history the way you think it ought to be created. And what's interesting is it, it, what it forces them to do, the people who are trying to use it as a political tool when the outcome isn't what they had planned for it to be, as you saw with the emperor. So I need to come and befriend this gladiator and raise him up and make him better so that I can keep power. It's, it's going to force Harry and Meghan's, success in not needing their security is going to force them to do that same thing, just exactly as you were I, saying.
0: I, you know, I didn't attend to even go you know, I mean I wasn't even thinking about the movie. It just something that just happened right now. Maybe perhaps God put it in my head. But I'm as I you guys are talking and I just mentioned Gladiator the movie, when you looked at the story, it could be very easy to look at the role Russell Cole play versus the king you know you know i mean he killed his father right just to be king and and the fact that he felt like he's never been loved right by his by the that somehow russell crowe you know was the one that you know was love and so when you think of he didn't understand why people love him you know why people
1: emperor you claudius know, she, you didn't know, understand yes. why people love exactly russell crowe
0: Crow, you know the 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 you know uh, I think what was his name in the movie? The Emperor's uh, name? or uh, Maximus. Maximus Max Maximus you know the fact that you know people was chanting and th- and so you can see how people love if you were to put Harry and Harry's brother people I think it's fair to say or is it fair for me to say there is a lack of understanding. Why is he being praised like that? Why people love him? Why people are cheering him on and want him to win versus that, you know what? You know, I'm the firstborn or I'm the king. You know, I'm supposed to have that attention and I'm not getting it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And, And when you think about what he was willing in the movie to do and probably perhaps what he has done. So if you looked at what's happening to Harry and Meghan right now, You can see the parallel of it. You can see the parallel of it, the jealousy, the not understanding. The fact is that somehow I deserve to have everything that you have. And I don't understand why people love you. I don't understand why you fight that fight so well. Why you are the gladiator that you know you are, you and your wife, in some ways, no matter how much you trash them, they are perfect and they are good at it. And it's every, they are everything they wish they can be. In my opinion. Mm -hmm. So, should we move on to (laughs) our second word? Our second word is illusion. So, Charles, how should we look at the word illusion?
2: Sure. So in the 14th century uh, was its first usage. Uh, it's derived from the Middle English and from Anglo-French. Uh, and then from there actually into the late Latin um, in Elusio. Um, and it, actually I find the derivation of it actually really interesting. So from Latin, the root of it actually is an action of mocking. Or in order to play or to mock at, to be ludicrous is actually where the meaning comes from. So uh, the first definition actually is a misleading image presented to the vision. So an optical illusion would be one. Uh, The second is something that deceives or misleads intellectually. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then a subset of that actually is a perception of something objectively existing in such a way as to cause misinterpretation of its actual nature. Or you can think of it as a hallucination. Wow. Wow. Mm. Uh, the third is actually a pattern capable of reversible perspective. The next is a state or fact of being intellectually deceived or misled.
0: Wow! So, sexwade, so sexwade nation, are you
2: guys hearing this? Indeed, that is incredible. So, the next is actually an instance of such deception, or the act of deceiving, and then finally a fine, plain, transparent bobinet or a tool used to make silk and used for veils. I had no idea about that. That was the first time I've ever heard such a thing existing. But apparently an illusion is actually a piece of silk that's used for veils and trimming in hmm. dresses. Interesting. So, there you go. Know.
0: What about you? Go ahead. You have more?
2: I do. I do. So, <clears throat> so again, when you start thinking about in terms of, okay, well, what kind of illusions are we talking about? Uh, and then is there any historical precedent for something such as that? people have used in the past. So I went around a whole bunch just in terms of trying to look up, okay, well, what instances have we seen that the Royals have used illusion to great effect? Um, and then there was a lot of other things that kind of go hem and haw, but I, I, found one that I thought was interesting just because it's a piece of history that I wasn't aware of, um, that was used to great effect militarily. So, um, Henry II, actually, uh, during the War of the Roses, actually, there was a regal stronghold called Warwick Castle. And it's it's super famous. It has There's so many historical events surrounding this castle. Um, but during the Norman Conquest and among the sieges and battles that actually took place on its grounds, uh, there was a great deal of actual cunning and trickery that was actually used uh, on Henry II's part. So one of the... Really kind of crazy moments in history is actually when they were invading this fort, the invaders actually tricked the wife of um, the count who was actually holding up the castle, which his name is Roger Dumont, uh, who is the second Earl of Warwick into believing that her husband has died. Mm -hmm. So in doing so, she actually opened up the gates and handed them the castle. Mm. But in doing that, she actually didn't know that he was in fact very much alive. But when he actually heard of his wife's action, he literally collapsed and died of shock. Wow. Wow.
1: So Wow. Yeah.
2: So there's your good instance of illusion.
1: Illusion's a really interesting word and and, and there's a lot more meat to it than I had thought before spending this time looking looking it up. Um, so it's one that was definitely enjoyed, and there's the first um, journal is um, is actually the Revista Hispanoamerica de Filosofía. Uh, it's uh, the author is Morris uh, Lazerowitz, and he wrote the article titled "Philosophy and Illusion," and he actually started with these two quotes that I'm also going to read because I think they are just uh, good summations of wh- again why we're here and what we're doing. Um, The first is, uh, concealed lighting can make things look very different from what they are. Why not pull the curtains and open the windows? The light will be better, the air will be fresher, and we shall be freer. That was John Wisdom, the structure of metaphysics. And the second is, once I had been able to tear aside an illusion that had previously dimmed my vision, once I had seen through something, the insight thus gained was never lost. That was Ernest Jones uh, from Free Associations. So this this author, he I think he just writes brilliantly, so I'm just going to read the first bit of what he what he shared um, about philosophy and illusion. He wrote that Freud explained an illusion as a belief which has at its origin primarily in a wish and maintains its hold on the mind through the strength of the wish rather than by the virtue of the evidence. So it's more than anything, it is the it's the wish. When a wish is very strong, the belief that it is or will be satisfied by the world springs to life and takes the form of a conviction, and any reason, however transparent and feeble, will serve to protect the belief from intellectual scrutiny. The wish may not, of course, be conscious, and it could, in many cases does, introduce subjective distortions into reality by the mechanisms of transference and projection. Fantasy and illusion are the mental equivalents of a sanctuary a refuge from a reality we feel we cannot face and so must deny. In Fantasy and Illusion, we make the world accommodate itself to our wishes, but we do this at a price. We resort, in our waking life, to the mechanisms entering into the formation of dreams, and in doing this, we place ourselves under the domination of a condition which weakens our sense of reality, which blocks our intelligence and impoverishes our powers of reasoning. And I was just like blown away when I read that because it just feels like it sums up so perfectly what is happening or what is what is the the goal of what is happening in, in many of these fronts. The projection onto Megan specifically, the transference of what other people are doing and trying to make it seem as if that's what she's doing. That's right. The entitlement, this fear of a changing world that people are not able to or don't want to accept the fact that things are different. Things are changing. It's a uh-huh. new world. And so it's this sort of… Uh, this rejection of it, the the wish that it weren't the case. And so the inability to even accept that it is in fact already here, you know, this, the fact that this illusion is something that we sort of subconsciously wish into existence. And in so doing sort of constrain our own minds. It's just like, wow, it's really, really brilliant. It it
0: It is something that, um, up to this point, when I think of illusion, um, for me, it didn't go any further than just the illusion of magician, you know.
1: A magician? A magician.
0: And um, many really wonderful movies that I got to um, see that, you know, sort of they, has a lot of illusionists. I think there was one. Mm-hmm. And there was all these really wonderful, amazing movies because, like, for whatever the reason, um, the power of so-called magic it's one that you know i'm very fun of i love a good magic you know trick su- suppose you know because you know i remember four being five and being taking wow is it it's the most incredible thing and it's still a wonderful thing that whenever i get to experience it or go to any of these shows whether he's in vegas or any place else that my mother wishes that I wouldn't go. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I I just like to go out and be entertained. So what happens in Vegas? Oh, well, never (laughs) that actually. No, no, no. It's not that kind of party at all, (laughs) at all, at all. Um, But um, yes, I love a good magic show. Right. But I never at any time ever, think or looking at people and say, oh, they are serving illusion. What they're doing is not what it is. I do think um, because I spent some time in the fashion industry and see being around the fashion industry, I, I started it seeing the illusion of it so to speak because you have um photo shoots where you've been like you know sort of prepped to the gods, so to speak looking stunning looking beautiful but that's not how you wake up it's an illusion of this goddess they want you to be or they choose to make you look like and Yet there is people who actually think this is how you wake up out of your bed. You know, this is, you know, so, and you can see these people, they go to the room just to, to have that look, but they have no idea. There is a team of 20 people make you look like the way you do. You couldn't even do it yourself. And there's that whole illusion that goes into that world that make believe even in movies, you know, sort of, you know, standing up in front of a, a green um, screen, and yet that you know it transport you where you feel like you know that actor or that actress or that scene is taking place, you know, miles away when it's not. It's just at a you know a, a sound stage, a, a, a you know a studio. So I I get it to that part, but at no time that I looked at the wall. And ever think that they were selling an illusion, in my opinion. But when you think, based on everything we all hear that Harry been through, the idea that you know when you see, you looked at Megan, who many of us think that, you know what, oh well, she's in that palace. And you know, you have an image in your mind what that looks like, what, what that sort of living room <laughs> looks like or what that bedroom looks like. You you have like like your mind because you're looking at a palace. And when you now find out where they are living, and you hear them say when Oprah and Free went to visit, says, They're not gonna believe it. And to actually see that and you realize this is, was all an illusion. Mm-hmm. This was all an illusion. It's an illusion. The fact is that, you know what, these people, you know, regardless hierarchy that you know you are we all come to an understanding that you know you live in certain way or you do certain things or you look like and now to find out all of it was just an illusion and that's how I am looking at but is it wrong for me to see it that way to start really looking at the world as an illusionist family
1: well the thing i think that the that strikes me as interesting is i think you're right but it's also thinking about how this word and what these these authors are writing a large part of it is is as much in the minds of those witnessing the illusion as it is in those who are actually maintaining it and um it's, it's, it strikes me because, on the one hand, it, the, this guy writes, the, he uses these quotes the illusion is actually dimming your vision. It is actually not allowing you to see things as clearly as you might otherwise. And as a result, when you combine in the other quote he references, you are less free. But it actually makes me think of something uh, I saw in a, in a, in, on Twitter of, of this person uh, actually featuring someone else's uh, comment. I think it was actually on Amazon on uh, Spare someone who bought the book and read it and he actually wrote in his comment on, on online was basically titled like an apology. And he said, wrote this note of effectively writing to Harry in his, in his comment on, on the the book saying, I'm, I'm sorry because I had been one of those people who had been persuaded by to, to take part in the hate and the lies and, and all of that. And now that I've read your book and now that I've seen this explanation that you provided, it's, Sort of peeled back the illusion. It's it's actually helped me to see more clearly, and for that, I'm sorry for having partaken in that, in that um, sort of that hate and that transference, that projection of of distortion of reality. And I think that is the that's the key thing to think about is that this illusion is something that exists in each and every mind of uh, each and every individual's mind in which it is happening. It's n- it's not just Oh, there's one person who's creating an illusion. It has to be perceived and, and and believes it has to tie back to the subconscious wishes. And that's the other thing, is that it's not it's not really actively thought about or considered for those people who are who are seeing the illusion and believing the illusion. It's sub it's subconscious. It's something that they're just right. it's it's not even a oh, I wanna think this, it's this is just ties back. It reaffirms my values and beliefs of what I want the world to be like.
0: Charles, is that, is that probably what the, you know, and the question is, is for both of you. Is that what the problem that the Royals are not having, and even the media themselves in some aspect, I mean, I'm talking about the, um the tabloid media. Is that the problem where, right now the illusion that they have been able to put forward people are starting realizing what the trick is and how the game is played, how that illusion work it remind me of a show they used to have i can't remember what channel right now it's it's such it's such it's actually as i i i was curious about it then I did not like it. I did not like, I didn't want to see how the illusion is made, you know, from the magic show. I wanted to enjoy what's presenting as it's presenting. Do you understand what I mean? And then then, now that I know, like it's almost take away Mm -hmm. of what it was for me. And I'm thinking, is it, is it fair to look at what the royals are doing really right now? When you see they're telling you, look here in the media as well. Look here, look there. Like, it's not happening. We are seeing it. Like, for an example, they spent a week trying to trash talk about an incident that happened in New York that did occur. Okay. And I think the Sussex people was well articulate exactly what happened. They're changing and try to tell you no this is not what right. this is they tell you what it is that it happened, but yet now we are dealing with an accident that happened. We all know about the accident and about Sophie Sophie right you know we we know that lady died and yet it's as though that it did not happen. We're supposed to move on as it's like it's it's another day when then we know if this same situation. And although it wasn't her car, it was the cottage, how they would call it, that was accompanying her that caused the accident. But if you were to see this would happen to Harry, or specifically Meghan, they would have called for her to be in prison. They would have said, "When are they going to arrest her?" Like it would have been her fault. Everything would have been her fault. They would not stop until that you know they see her being arrested. Okay, and then later one says that, you know what, oh, they found her, she didn't do anything. Remind me the same thing that they did when um, William's wife went to that visual thing that was happening in England because some girl, a girl lost her life. And she show up when she should not have been there because they didn't want people there from what I understand. And yet, the way they print the story, because in my opinion, and many people that she break the law and whose name that they put in the paper was Megan. Do you see what I'm saying? This is how far they're willing to go on something like that. Could you just imagine it was reversed? And that illusion of that we are running there now, as I said again, the fact that Sophie supposedly is now in visiting some country to look at, you know, what the facts are on whatever that, you know, she's, she wants to find out on abuse, in in, in whatever the story is. But I'm like, this is the problem they have. How are you going to try to find out facts on things that's happening in your own home? You don't need to go that far to find out what is happening with people of color. You had one. <laughs> you know, not you know, basically in your home that you could have looked at, you could have talked to her, you could have asked her, she would have told you. And this ideal, the illusion that they are serving us as though that you know what they are for the cause, they are having these kids who are up onto their game and realizing because you you can't mess up with my generation or to younger generation. At all. That somehow that, you know, you like us and you love us. And yet we know what you did to the princess that, you know, we feel like we can look that and be, you know, relate to. We know what you how you guys treated her. And yet now you want to come and see me make me feel like you care. And I'm supposed to believe that. And you couldn't look at those kids faces they're like yeah right and is that their problem that they're having right now because people can see through that illusion or is it wrong for me to see it that way and that question i put that question as well to you sussex squad sussex squad nation
2: no i think you're absolutely right i think that um you know in a lot of respects, that the veil has fallen from you know, what the media was supposed to be about. Because originally, and kind of the point of media was to be kind of the fourth estate, right? Is to be impartial and to speak truth. That's kind of the point, right? That was kind of one of the reasons why it was founded in the first place. But I think it's pretty easy to just see that there is certainly um, an agenda that they have. And that uh, truthfulness is not the name of the game, that they are, they are serving or are self-serving. They do what they do in order to um, project their own power and to push their own agenda. And I think that uh, more and more people are getting uh, wise to what their tricks are. And, you know, and I think now what, uh, you know, the greatest threat that they have is that they no longer have the the only platform out there, that there's people like the Sussex Squad who can actually speak truth to power and also can project their voices and much further than um, than any time in history, frankly. So I, I absolutely do agree with you that, um, you know people that that the the veil is falling the illusion is coming to a close in terms of what these people
1: are to are really about
2: judge what to what end now
1: well I think the the actions by either the royal family or the media and the increasing sort of alarm as you said the running of the bulls the, the the urgency that they seem to be operating with I think makes even more sense when you consider that idea that it is Part of a, a preservation of, of power, the, the maintenance of the illusion, but the fact that it is a it kind of is a, is a one-time deal. And just like you were saying with the, the kids that they're trying to have uh, Kate take pictures with, or whoever take pictures with, is that once the illusion is revealed, once it's shown to be false, you don't go back. You can't get rid of that knowledge. You can't get rid of that insight in the person who had you had tre- previously been trying to... Uh, sort of persuade otherwise. And I think that actually ties exactly to the, the, the other sort of journal for, for the word is actually political efficacy and political illusion. Uh, It's by Robert Weisberg. And he, he wrote that almost 10 years ago, Murray Edelman, and this is uh, actually back in 1975. He said almost 10 years ago. So it would have been 1965. Murray Edelman observed that much of mass political imagery consists of beliefs based not on empirical reality, but on the needs and anxieties fulfilling personal, not political functions. As he put it, the lore about the state includes much that is plainly contrary to what we see happen, yet the myth is all the more firmly believed and the more dogmatically passed on to others because men want to believe it, and it holds them together. The proposition that the mass public usually brings to my bear uh, uh, only the most limited degree of understanding on remote political matters has been well documented in in, in survey and, and research literature. And so that that very idea that it is something that they are so fervently pushing and so fervently passing amongst themselves, those who still are preserving the illusion, because it is fulfilling their personal needs, It's not because it's based on any reality. And so that's the that's. Uh, sort of a double-edged sword because on the one hand it is so easy for those who have that wish of the having the world be a certain way to be able to say yes i'll just reaffirm that even though it's clearly not based on any reality but on the other hand once that veil is actually punctured you can't go back wow i actually think that's what made the next word
0: so interesting because it's almost feel like it tied in, because having that illusion lead to the pretext of prestige.
2: So, Charles, how should we look at the word prestige? Sure. So, prestige was first used in 1829 from the Middle French, um, and it's interesting because. Uh, the root of that actually is a conjurer's trick, an illusion. And it comes from Latin, which is, um, again, means a conjurer's trick. All right. So it's, it's very interesting how all that kind of ties together. But uh, there's two very quite simple definitions to it. The first is standing or estimation in the eyes of people, the weight or credit in general opinion. Mm-hmm. And the second is a commanding position in people's minds. Mm. Wow! So <laughs> a quick little funny story about this So I was looking for good examples and ways to uh, kind of demonstrate what prestige is As it relates to the royal family And uh, I looked up royal prestige It was just a quick little Google search And what I found was hilarious Because apparently there is a whole multi-level marketing organization called royal prestige that's been defrauding people (laughs) and i was like well isn't this just perfect (laughs) so people can't you know people are there's all kinds of comments trying to understand whether or not these are actually legitimate or is it not legitimate but anyway the whole thing is is that it's some multi-level marketing scheme um that um that people can't really get their hands around in terms of this is actually true or not so anyway I just thought that was kind of funny just given the association. But um, when I looked and I finally kind of dug in a little bit. Then after avoiding the dishware, I finally came upon, okay, well, what is it that I'm really trying to ask for? And what I'm looking for really is kind of how can we demonstrate the height of British power? Mm -hmm. Like what does that actually mean? What do people think of when they think of prestige and kind of as it associates with the British royal family? And there was a phrase that was coined in 1921. And it was called The Sun Never Sets on the British Empire.
3: Mm.
2: And it goes like this. After World War I, when Great Britain's government took over many colonies from the losing central powers, the British Empire achieved its greatest extent covering Canada, much of the Caribbean, the Indian subcontinent, Burma, Australia, New Zealand, and much of eastern and southern Africa, Egypt, Egypt. Sudan, and parts of the Arabian Peninsula, as well as West Africa, as well as other various islands scattered across the oceans. So historians say that roughly 25% of the world's landmass was under British control. And that's basically, yeah, it's crazy, 25%. And so that is actually kind of where the idea that the sun would never really set on the British Empire, because indeed that was actually true every part of the British empire actually always had some daylight around it because it was just so global in nature. That's interesting. Hmm. Right. So that's kind of where that phrase kind of came from. However, uh, what it was also meant to mean is that there was more of a figurative meaning the idea that the British empire would be an eternal system and that it would never suffer any kind of decline, which is kind of hilarious because just within a few years, Egypt and Ireland became independent and then in the 70s, basically most of the once massive empire basically decided to have this own independent nation. So it didn't even last a century. But um, that is really kind of where the idea of, in terms of prestige, kind of where, where I think the British Empire kind right. of reached its, its zenith. I
1: see. George. I was shocked by this word. Honestly, <clears throat> I kind of—it's one of those things where you're like, okay, well, that it means sort of this, and you have an amorphous understanding of, oh, it's for people who are probably more important or more so impressive. I'm glad, or, I'm glad, or glad that you like it that I chose that word. I do. I th- actually, I think your selection for all of the words today, as always, every week, is excellent. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a word that. Honestly, I, the going and understanding where it came from and what it means, uh, was, I found it hard hard to believe. Because to double it down on what Charles was saying, um, in terms of the etymology, there's this uh, from the actually from the American Catholic Sociological Review. Um, it's an article uh, that's titled "Prestige and Its Sociological Aspects," and it's just that he starts in the exact same way as as we do, of just understanding where it even comes from and that idea of the Latin meaning literally about being the juggler, someone who is either a dice player or a rope walker or even a strong man. And, and during the middle ages, they were, the Latin authors were using this word to actually refer to deceptive juggling tricks. Wow. You know, like people who would put their, they have their coins on the table and they put them under a a, a cup and Uh move them around fast Uh and they wouldn't show up in a different place. That was literally prestige. (laughs) That's, that's where it started. And to think about how people claim want to have prestige or they want to show up a certain way. And that's actually where it comes from. That's, I I find it kind of ironic. Um, and also just funny, but the, the thing that I found actually really, uh, Helpful in understanding it in terms of where we are today uh, was actually this article. Uh, it was actually a, review, a book review. Uh, the reviewed book was The Celebration of Heroes, Prestige as a Social Control System. Uh, and the review is by uh, George C. Homans, And he wrote about the book that it is a book about the relations between prestige and control. For a person's behavior is controlled, among other things, by the degree of prestige others grant him and he grants to others. So really, prestige is this thing that's actually... Uh, not something you have and own in and of yourself, you have because other people choose to give it to you. Right. Okay. And he then gives this definition, which I think is really helpful helpful for me anyway, to see like where did it come from to where it is now? And he says, for the purpose of this analysis, prestige is the esteem, respect, or approval that is granted by an individual or a collectivity for performances or qualities they consider above average. Uh-huh. He gives as examples among these performances or qualities, the author cites, uh, sacrificing your life for the group, uh, an abnormal performance, uh, in, in singing, a Bach cantata, or, and I think this is exactly on point, nobility of birth. So yeah. that's how you get to the, the prestige. And I think this, this, this last bit is why I love why you chose this word is that the reason the, the, the reviewer writes, the reason the author approaches the problem is that he believes that social scientists have agreed that three control factors uh, in particular are important as understanding as a way of understanding uh, this the fundamentals of social stratification and those three are force and the threat of force wealth and prestige and so the author wanted to study this sort of how do you grant each other this esteem and respect as a way of controlling how society is stratified uh, but I think the reviewer's final point is actually particularly important is that those three things, the force or the threat of force, wealth and prestige itself, they cannot be separated.
0: It reminds me what um, Maddie, who always have wonderful comments, and I don't recall the specific when he talks about that prestige, so to speak, um, the warrior family think they had. Or people looked at that prestige that they all want to be a part of. And yet, here this woman, turn it out. And they don't get that. Because when I looked at the word prestige, for the little time that I've been here on this earth, what I come to see it as, it's, who you associate yourself with, where you go, places you go, whether it's to the theater, whether it's um, brunch, you know, at um, Cipriani, or the um, place where you shop, and the type of parties that you get to attend, the association of who's who that goes there, the fact that, you know, you could walk 10 at a party, you know, With rope line, everybody's on the line, but you get to get in. And all that effect, that illusion, create a sense of prestige that people want to associate themselves with you. And I am thinking that is probably that kind of illusion, that kind of prestige that maybe perhaps that the royal thing they have, that was unable to preserve, in my opinion, it's breaking down in a way that the people that was attaching themselves with that kind of illusion prestige, it's hurting them because they don't get it. Again, it's what Maddie say, how dared this woman to walk away from that? had their harry not to understand the prestige that he has to walk away from that
1: yeah i remember that was a, an excellent comment and the the way you just articulated it i think is is perfect and it, for me it just the new a new thought as a result is that there's actually when you think about where prestige came from versus where it is right now it's almost as if there are two different types of prestige there is the one prestige which is sort of based on the illusion based on tricking people, which is exactly where it came from. And that's almost the illusion that the rest of the Royal family is trying to maintain. They're trying to maintain this illusion that, uh, they have this prestige because simply of their nobility of birth. And that's, that, that's what they got. That's, that's what they deserve. But it is very different from the prestige as it has, uh, developed and, and come to be in modern times, which is that, which is given by a group of people to someone for, doing above average and admirable works, uh, having those qualities. And that is exactly the difference between the prestige that the, the old, the old prestige that the rest of the Royal family has and the new prestige, the actual prestige that is earned and deserved that Megan and it, Harry have. That exactly. But
0: it, it, I mean, this word, because Megan and Harry in some ways didn't break these folks prestige. They break it themselves. hmm they break it themselves because when you think of what Harry was doing, in fact, I will argue, was really restoring the prestige that they think they had or people think the royal family have. Even by bringing Meghan on, someone that was actually really doing the
2: work, not pretending to do the work. Well, I think that's actually funny because I think the royals actually had prestige prior to that, but it was the other one. They had the tricking part. They had the illusion. Right. And so – and I think that's just it because if you look at the definition of prestige, is the both of them, one is basically kind of this con game and the other basically being – okay, being recognized for good work. So if you look at it in both of those two things – um, and you look back in history in terms of what has the royal family done in order to be receive recognition the list is getting shorter and shorter the longer and longer it goes and you know and you know to where we get to where we are today which is they're simply vacuous. there's simply nothing there versus to your point now you actually had somebody who came in who actually restored what it meant to be and then it shone a light on the con game that's being played. But it didn't have to be that way.
0: They could have still played that illusion by welcoming this woman. They could have allowed her to do the work because in some ways, they're the one that would have really, in some ways, getting the credit because the work that they were doing was on on behalf of the Majesty the Queen. And now the King Charles... Would have been benefiting from. Do you understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. But when you think, and when I say that, you know, Harry and Meghan was in a way restoring that prestige for them, because I truly feel like my mother's error during Diana, who's just was a goddess and who has, to me, was everything, was breaking by what Charles did. Because up to that point, that's not what you do right and when you bring the mysteries that become the queen today and with everything that was running around it there's something had broken there was a trust there was a belief there was there was something breaking and there is people that didn't want to have anything to do with Royals and who made their own mind what royal is. Until Megan come and the scene all of a sudden that you know what, you know, many of the squaddies never care and probably still don't. But like the idea, the fact that you know what, Megan was there and have that kind of platform and what we all believe that you can actually do with that platform and the reality is as i said again whatever or how you perceive or you think of prestige what megan was doing was incredibly prestigious and beautiful and wonderful and and again like um, harry said she make it look easy something that is not that easy and I think that is the problem that, you know, the Royals and so-called, you know, tabloid media are having right now because now Harry and Meghan are bringing their own prestige.
1: Oh, well, I think that, to your point, I think that is at the heart of their issue right now because they chose not to uh collaborate and be a part of that and to actually benefit from the work that Harry and Meghan were doing and to earn that prestige from by association and the the very point here is that it is it is a fundamental mechanism of social stratification and social control. So if you are losing your the if you've punctured the veil, you've punctured your own illusion that has resulted in you losing the prestige that you may have had at one point through your own actions, and you forfeit the relationship with another who is actually earning prestige through their good work and there's an, uh, this sort of shifting of balance of where people's respect and attention and admiration is going. That is the, that is the tension. That is the, the conflict, the social conflict that is putting pressure on the existing social structure. And I think that's why Ruth's question, is this the end of the, the connotation? Is this the end of what this whole thing had been? Is it coming to an end? That's, that's a valid thing to be asking.
0: To me, it, 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 it's, it's redefined what that is. Because, again, if you had to look at prestige as some thing that, you know, who you associate yourself to, I do believe it's both ways. When you think of who the royals are now associating to, the Jeremy, you know, Clarkson, Clarkson to... Pierce Morgan, Pierce Morgan, and too many more that who is saying things you like. Those are the people that, you know, you bought for lunch. And you're supposed to be God chosen. Please tell me which God is this one. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? This, 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 this is it. And now they are running around. And in my opinion, they are everywhere. I've never seen, you know, Kate, you know, oh God, uh, um, running around (laughs) the way she's running around. She's left and right and everything. And I don't have anything against this woman, you know, like my brother, you know, uh, uh, baron like to say you know i'm always expecting 30 to 60 to 90 days to actually see her now she's really running around doing something but i don't know what that something is and you have the wessex which uh, sophie that who is you know away asking questions about facts i don't know facts of what do you know what i mean to uh, um king charles who's getting ready to travel you know to whatever places that, you know, he's about to travel. And God knows what Queen Console Jump Queen, ex, well, mistress is doing. What is she's doing? And now they're talking about that, you know, the fact that, you know, because Kate wear pink and somehow upstaged the, the king, but you're a king for God's sake. Really? This is how low the standard <laughs> is now for you and this is the conversation these people who looked at you as prestige and they want to associate to you this 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 is where the bar is and then you guys don't understand why people are turning against you because it's like the illusion the curtain have raised and we could see everything that behind the stage it's one thing you see what's on stage what you're deep reasoning to us but we now got to see how the costume is put on it's been held by duct tape <laughs> do you understand what i mean it remind me of you know sort of you know, many of the shows, you know, sort of how that, you know, the the, the costume, you know what I mean? being able to transform to this thing. And then you realize, wow, I could see the men and the women behind the mask. So where are we people? Where are we? I think maybe it's time to take a break and worship with a very, very wonderful song. I think the song this week, it's incredible if I sit so myself and well, you um, do a
2: good job picking it out every week.
0: Oh, thank you so much. I hope everyone enjoy it. For those of you who enjoy the music that we put on, we're not sponsored by any of this group or musicians at all. Um, I'm just a girl that who love music I love all type of music and I just enjoy it and if I can dance I love dancing even if it's in my own bathroom <laughs> <laughs> because I don't get to go to clubs to actually you know dance and I, that's not my thing but I could have a party in my bathroom. At any time of the day So do we have a verse um, Do you have a verse for us today?
2: um, I do, I do So it's actually 2 Corinthians Chapter 11 verses 13 through 15 And it goes For such men are false prophets Deceitful workmen Guising themselves as apostles of Christ And no wonder for even Satan himself Disguised as an angel of light So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds.
0: Wonderful. So let's worship together on our first song and we'll come back to end the service and give our, I think, to summarize, where is the next act to going to continue taking us and let's worship together.
3: Your love I hear resounding This freedom I shall see
0: of the words it's just um you're all with me we are with the Sussexes and we know God is with us and I know the Sussex squad and now many people even the Washington girls are with us so we are together in this because it is a good cause it, it is a fight worth fighting for so Charles, George, how should we look at this week that's feel heavy, but it's continue teaching us it's not over. Every time they think they have it in the packet, something happened. Whether it's now looking at one by one, each of those talking folks who have had the pleasure to go after Harry and Meghan one by one, they are falling. They are falling. When you looked at the accusations allegedly, because everything we say here, it's alleged we don't know, you know, we don't, you know, it's our own opinion on these matters and we can be completely wrong. From everything that we say, we don't have an expert here, we are not expert ourselves. But that is the only way we know how to interpret it. As people that have a, you know, a little brain, <laughs>
1: just a little one,
0: though. <laughs> just a little one, you know, to look at things and say this is not making sense. This is what making sense. Obviously, we're not here to change anybody's opinion and mind and tell them this is, you know, take our words, you know. And that's what's so beautiful about the squads that, you know, you can go and hear different opinions, you know, in different channels. And I highly recommend that we support every single one of them, um, please, um, because it is making a difference. When the media is starting paying attention the way they are, you know, that, you know, that it's it's there is an impact right there. So Charles and George, how should we close in this week this Sunday and starting the next week as we're looking at act 2
1: well for me I think that the, the words today uh, do a excellent job of centering of uh, one's mind in thinking about how the next, the rest of this act is going to play out, how we got to this point in the first place and how it's going to continue to play out. And it kind of goes to the idea of, you know, we as a species really do need to be paying attention to our history and and learning from it because the fact of the matter is what used to require a, a huge amphitheater to take place now takes place on our TVs and our cell phones. And we watch this sort of, a uh, theater play out that draws on our worst nature as human beings. And it is our responsibility to be cognizant of the attempts to do that and to reject it and to realize that at the same, at the very same time, it is a, those, those sort of uh, attempts to use that sort of uh Coliseum like uh, approach to tabloid media or whatever it may be are part of uh, a a effort to preserve an illusion that reinforces a status quo and that that illusion itself understanding the the neighbor who may not uh, be in the same place as you is it's important to remember that that illusion is not necessarily something that they are conscious of and it is more than likely playing on their fears of a of a changing world and so that certainly requires a bit of grace, but it also speaks to the importance of having conversations and actually pausing and reflecting because that uh, illusion, that reality, reality can break that illusion. And once it does, uh, it's it's something that can't go away. And it is our choice to say, who do we actually look up to and afford our respect, our admiration, our esteem? who is it that's actually prestigious is who we collectively uh, choose to give that time and attention and, and, um, those sentiments to.
0: Wonderful. Well, say
1: Charles.
2: Sure. So the word that comes to mind is vigilance. I think we have to be vigilant in looking after each other. And as George had just mentioned, uh, Taking care of one another and understanding really what's at stake and then what the game is being played. Uh, We know that, um, you know, the world is a stage and that the powerful are trying to dictate a script to us. But just like Russell Crowe in that movie, we don't necessarily have to follow that script. We can do our own thing. Um, We are our own best character so with that i think we need to just take responsibility for that and then as george had said is just reach out and try and find the truth and um and don't be scared the truth is there and i think that we have the responsibility to to seek it out and then to project it in order to protect not just yourself but others as well
0: thank you both um I think he's well say, but for me, I don't think, I think you guys, you know, say everything probably all to say, but I'm going to choose to go with, um, the lyrics of our next worship song that I love and I hope so, Sexy, you love it too. And then you stay in worship at the end and you dance. Like I dance when I hear that song, the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. But we serve a God who does much more than we could ever imagine. Whatever happens, it's working. He's turning it around right now. I truly believe in that. I believe Act Two It's where the devil comes out try to destroy thing but what they fail to realize, what they didn't get from all the illusion they've been serving, all that pretext of prestige, God is turning thing around right in in front of their faces and because of that we must stay vigilant we must continue to pray for Harry's safety and his family because of they want to kill and they want to destroy and it's not a game they are scared they are fear Of what may come to. The loss of that prestige. That illusion. And God knows what they may. Capable of doing. I have no insight to know. Or even say. But I'm just asking the question. We must pray. And we must pray hard. for for Archie and Lily a bit who will have to deal with that as well, unfortunately. And we'll hope that they don't have to. We'll fight so they don't have to. But we don't know. And for Harry's safety, For everybody who's involved, and as well as the royals and the press who now find themselves in a place that they have fear of their own. And for us, the Sussex squads will continue having challenges, whether it's personal whether it's our own mental health, dealing with everything that we have to deal with on daily basis and how that affects us. And we will end this service by praising the queen of rock and roll Tina Turner who left us but I'm sure right now she have a pair of heels somewhere up there and she's dancing she is dancing how fitted her one of her last songs was you simply the best and I looked at the Sussex squad they are simply the best I looked at Harry and Megan. They are simply the best. We are the best in what we do. We are something they have never seen before. And history will tell the story. So I hope you guys enjoy the service. It's a bit long. And George, please leave us to with prayer and... um will lift up a wonderful and beautiful girl, Church that I adore. I don't know you, girl, but I feel like I know you just by just calling out your name. I feel like I know you. I hope you're doing well. It's so good to see you commented um some of the other platform. I hope you're taking care of yourself
1: and you're doing great. So, Josh, please. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for another week that we get to spend with each other, with loved ones, that we get to spend hopefully serving, working to make the world a better place. We ask you for the courage to face everything that is coming at us and understanding that that courage is not about the absence of fear, but it is about the mastery of it. We ask you for the grace to recognize that for all of the hate and the lies that we see in the world, so much of it is a manifestation of someone else's fear, someone else's wish for perhaps something different for themselves. Give us the grace to know that and give us the ability to truly reach out and connect and communicate and help pierce the illusion. So that they can be freer. Amen. So
0: let's worship together. I hope you guys have a great Sunday morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you may be. And we continue. Believe in the cause. We continue. Lift each other up. And we'll pray as hard as we can. We'll make as loud of noises that we can to make sure that, you know, we change our tomorrow. It is important. Have a good Sunday. Love wins. Good day.
3: All right. Clap! Stand still. Watch him turn. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But we serve a God who does much more than we could ever imagine. Whatever happened, it's working. He's turning it around right now. Watch him work. All right. Watch him you gotta now turn You got it now, church. Say, the devil comes to see. Turn okay.